Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Successful. Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for stopping by the channel once again this evening. This is your Monday Night Raw post show for Monday, September 11th, 2023. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS Beer Garden. Thank you guys very much for joining me on your Monday evenings, wherever you may be. Who asked for this? I'm still asking myself this question, man. Who, who asked for this? Like, I, I don't understand how this is looked at as a good decision by anybody. This is, this is like subtraction by addition to the women's division. I don't know, man. I tweeted earlier in the day that it's going to be a very, very interesting fall and winter seasons with the WWE sale being finalized with Endeavor on Tuesday afternoon. This was the last Monday Night Raw in the Vince McMahon era. 
under the Vince McMahon regime. He's still in control, by the way, clowns. Everybody wants to tell me, Triple H is in charge, man. No, he's not. No, he's not. Give me a fucking break. Triple H in charge. Fuck out of here, man. You guys are some fucking comedians, I tell you. Vince McMahon is selling WWE, at least 49% will be his. 51% of the WWE has been sold to Endeavor and Ari Emanuel as WWE will merge with the UFC. I fear things will get a lot worse before they get a lot better. And that's been my going feeling ever since the sale was announced, WrestleMania weekend. I'll get into that in a second. There were a lot of changes on this show tonight. I don't need to tell you. You saw it. You watched it. You felt it. You heard it. There were changes. You want to know how I know? Because Cody Rhodes went out there full-on suit to basically do, Whoa! And said nothing. He said absolutely nothing. And then was interrupted by Dominic Mysterio. Some plans they got for Cody Rhodes going into the next major pay-per-view, man. It's like, they're fucking clueless. They have no, no plans, no ideas, no creativity for Cody Rhodes whatsoever. Yet I'm supposed to sit here and I'm supposed to be excited about Cody finishing his story when WWE can't be bothered to pick up the fucking pen and write at least a line in the chapter of Cody's story. Great job. Making me hope Roman Reigns wins every single passing day come WrestleMania 40. But that's not even the story, man. The big story tonight was the return of Nia Jax. Yes, I'm not kidding, man. I'm not trolling. I am not ribbing you guys. Listen, I know. I know. Calm down. I know. I know all about it. See what you did now? I got an angry fucking establishment here, man. I got an angry OTS beer garden. Nia Jax returned to help Rhea Ripley dispose of Smiley Raquel Rodriguez tonight in the main event, which, by the way, was fucking boring. And then after the match, she attacks the champion and sets her eyes on the WWE Women's World Championship. Again, I ask, who asked for this? WWE's got a shitload of problems coming out of that women's division, and they feel that adding Nia Jax is a positive to an overwhelmingly negative division. I can't remember one fucking thing Nia Jax did outside of breaking Becky Lynch's face and making Becky Lynch the biggest female star in the entire fucking company. What else did she do? What else did she do? I can't fucking be bothered to remember. Do you want to know why? Because none of it mattered. None of it mattered. All I remember is that she injured people. And she botched. 
and she can't wrestle. And my hole, my hole. She's basically known for yelling, my hole, my asshole, on WWE live television. Sean Ross has news on Nia Jax. Nia Jax made a return tonight attacking Raquel Rodriguez and Fightful Select had noted on recent shows that they heard she had been headed back to the company and they were told that she's been signed over a month and that the hiring freeze effectively was ended this summer. Oh, so there was a hiring freeze. Great. She's the first signing that was made up since Vince McMahon forced his way back into the company that returned on the main roster. The Endeavor WWE merger is happening tomorrow, but we're told it is unrelated to her popping up on TV. Sure thing, man. Sure thing. Several within the company actually thought she'd return before this. Nia Jax was released in 2021 and didn't wrestle anywhere outside the WWE for obvious reasons. She wasn't worth signing. Though she was scheduled for one independent date. Whatever that date was, I don't have any recollection of it. And who gives a shit? They said they will update the article with more details as they become readily available. So let me get this straight. WWE can't be bothered to put Johnny Gargano on TV. One of the most acclaimed pro wrestlers in the entire world. Someone who is highly entertaining. Someone who has charisma. Someone who is funny when need be. Someone who is probably the greatest NXT champion of all time. Arguably. I take Champa over him, arguably. That man got me invested in WWE programming with what he did with Adam Cole and Tommaso Champa during the good old days of black and gold when things were nice, when they gave us a safe space to escape to every single week. Now we don't have that. Now we don't have that. Now we just have... Random fucking matches thrown on NXT, thinking that, oh, look, it's Becky Lynch versus Tiffany Stratton. Who gives a shit? Why are they on TV, and why is this important to me? Now, we can't be bothered by putting Johnny Gargano on TV. We can't be bothered about putting Dexter Loomis on TV. We can't be bothered by anything, putting anybody on TV that you called up from NXT that you drafted from SmackDown, can't be bothered with any of it, but Nia Jax finds a spot on TV knowing what she does and doesn't do for the division. She can find her way back to TV. You guys can pen her back into television and she gets a championship match right out of the gate because she targeted the champion. No, but we can't be bothered to put Johnny Gargano on TV. Makes a lot of sense. Then I get constantly every single week people telling me that Triple H is in charge. I see on other threads on Twitter people thinking Triple H is in charge. If Triple H was in charge, don't you, don't you think Johnny Gargano would be on fucking TV? 
Now, we can't be bothered with that, though. But Nia Jax made his way back to television. Conveniently, right before the sale to Endeavor. John Cena made his way back to TV. Dwayne has nothing to do, being that that there's a rider strike in Hollywood. Is WWE trying to butter up Dwayne to come on back to World Wrestling Entertainment? Hey, look, we got we got John Cena coming back. The door's open for you, man. This is absolutely one of the worst moves that WWE could have possibly ever made. How many free agents did they actually pass on? No, but they want to bring Nia Jax back to television because Nia Jax is going to bring value to the women's division. What an awful move. What an absolutely awful move. We can't find TV time for Mia Yim. We can't find TV time for Tegan Knox. We can't find TV time and suitable TV time, entertaining TV time for Zoe Stark and Shayna Baszler, who they just randomly paired together now because Zoe doesn't have Trish and Trish went bye-bye. We can't find suitable TV time for Zia Lee. We can't find suitable TV time for the tag team championships. Not that I give a shit. The title should be burned and fucking buried somewhere where no one can find them. We can't find TV time for any of these women. But we found TV time for Nia Jax. Nia Jax had more TV time in the mere 45 seconds she was on TV than Tegan Knox has had in all of 2023. And I'm waiting for someone to figure out a reason and tell me why that is appropriate. The company that you think is being run by Triple H is not. This sale tomorrow is going to open up a lot of eyes. It's going to make headlines. It's going to make waves in the IWC. And things are going to get worse before they even start to get better. Telling you right now. Everybody wants to think Triple H is in charge. Triple H might have a small say in what's going on. I don't need to go back into this discussion again. I don't. Triple H, responsible for LA Knight. Triple H, responsible responsible for Gunther and the rise of the IC title. Triple H, responsible for the LWO, pairing Rey Mysterio with Santos Escobar. Triple H is involved with the rise of Chad Gable. What else is Triple H in charge of? What else has Triple H done on television that is worthy of his creative? Everything else is Vince McMahon ordered. Changes made by Vince. Things ordered by Vince. Departments will be fired tomorrow or in the next seven days. WWE will not need a social media department if Endeavor has a social media department. WWE will not need a marketing team If Endeavor already has a marketing team, WWE will not need any useless office roles when Endeavor has all that they need. Human beings will be losing jobs this week. They were given a heads up. Hopefully everybody made their appropriate plans in abandoning ship. And when it comes to Vince McMahon, it was never about the sale of the company. 
Vince McMahon is okay by giving 51% to Ari Emanuel, who conveniently he's known for over 20 years. He still retains 49% of world wrestling entertainment. He didn't want to sell the entire company to another bidder. In light of everything that was going on, risking him being removed from power? How don't you understand this? Why would he do that? So instead he sold 51% of the company to someone that he trusts, someone that he knows, and he's going to play it off as being some mega deal merging the two biggest sports entities in the entire world. That's exactly what they want you to believe. But it was never about a sale of the company. Every day, up until tomorrow, Vince McMahon needed to hide in the shadows because he could not come out because things would be blown up. His plans would be revealed. Questions would be asked. Stockholders would be asking questions and bringing lawsuits upon him. Every major news publication would have been asking the same thing. What are you doing back? When you said to everybody that you're going to remain in the shadows and leave the day the, the day to day to your son-in-law and Nick Khan can't do that tomorrow he can tomorrow things could be blown up right underneath our fucking noses it was never about a sale of the company Vince McMahon strategically made this move so that when tomorrow happens Ari Emanuel has already stated. That Vince McMahon can do whatever he wants with the company. Vince McMahon can't do anything right now because he is in charge of the company and everybody knows exactly what he did. But now with Ari Emanuel becoming Vince McMahon's boss, Vince McMahon is at liberty to do whatever he wants because he's got the okay from his new boss. You people, man, you don't know what the fuck is about to hit you in the face. And this show was a direct fuck you to everybody. Plans thrown up in the air. Things changed at the last minute from what I read tonight. Nia Jax being brought back. Do you really expect this shit to get better? I know we all hope for it to get better. But do you really expect this shit to get better? I know I don't. I've been telling you guys exactly what this was all about from the day that this man stepped foot back onto the board of directors. Nobody wants to listen. You all want to sit there online and tell me, oh, I got Vince McMahon dancing in my head. Blah, 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 blah. The fuck do you know? You're talking to me who does this shit better than anybody, who understands this shit better than anybody else in the fucking community, who watches this shit with eyes wide open, who gives you no fluff and nothing but truthful, honest takes. Have I been wrong about anything so far in regard to Vince McMahon? No, I have not. I've gotten everything spot on correct. What you're about to see in the coming weeks, in the coming months, will not be shocking to me. It may be shocking to the fucking geeks out there, 
but I'll be sitting here with my fucking sunglasses on and my cold beverage laughing, saying, ha, 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 I told you so. Now, when are you going to start fucking listening to me? It's over. It's all over. This was one minor move tonight that will snowball into major maneuvers as the weeks and months go on. I'd be concerned about everybody there. If I'm a talent on that roster, I'm concerned. If I'm part of Triple H's management team, I'm concerned. If I'm Triple H himself, I'm concerned. What did we get on Monday Night Raw tonight? Honestly, what did we get on Monday Night Raw? Outside of the Gunther celebration with Chad Gable interrupting, what did we get on Monday Night Raw tonight that made you sit there and say, oh man, that's a great show. It's a great show. What'd we get? I'd love for you guys to explain to me what I'm potentially missing here. What'd we get? A little story between Kevin Owens and Jay Uso. That's great. That's great. I love that Jay Uso is an outsider. I love that Jay Uso is an outcast. I love that Jay Uso appears to be a bigger star. I know. I know. I love that Jay Uso is starting to become and feel like a bigger star on his own. And it's a fresh slate for him outside the bloodline that seems to be failing on SmackDown. I like that. But what did it really lead to? Led to Kevin Owens and the same bullshit tag team match with the Judgment Day. This time, instead of being Seth Rollins or Cody Rhodes or Sami Zayn, it was Jey Uso as his tag team partner. So basically, WWE running the gambit of tag team matches with Kevin Owens and insert mystery partner here. The only positive is that it wasn't in the main event. I'm supposed to be excited about that? You're excited about that? Why are you excited about that? Oh, but Jay Uso presents a fresh take. No, we don't. What does Jay Uso bring to the table that Sami Zayn does not? What does he bring to the table? Zero. Cody Rhodes. He was supposed to have a segment tonight that basically was axed mid-segment. What do you want to talk about, he says. I don't know. How about why you opted to throw all your political chips onto the Jay Uso table? Did we get an explanation? Of course we did. WWE sent out Dominic Mysterio to stop the segment. Thank you for the explanation, Vince McMahon. I don't even think they have an explanation. I don't even think they know who's going over to SmackDown in regards to Jay Uso coming over to Raw. But we get crowd involvement every week. Fucking ridiculous. Who's going over there? And who gives a shit about Dominic Mysterio and Cody Rhodes again? Oh, but uh, it may be Cody Rhodes against J.D. McDonough, man. Who cares? What long-term value does Cody Rhodes and J.D. McDonough have on television? Ten minutes on Raw, riddled with commercials? Great. I can't wait to not give a shit about that one. 
The only thing that I took away from this show was Gunther and Chad Gable. I don't know where. I don't know how. I don't know when. But it looks like we're getting a fourth match. Hopefully they do it at Fastlane. If WWE doesn't do it at Fastlane, I don't mind Gunther holding the championship until the Royal Rumble. Maybe he wins the Royal Rumble as Intercontinental Champion, which I have already exclaimed, I would not mind if that is the case. But Chad Gable vowed for his daughter to win the championship. When it happens, I don't know. But that man's getting another title shot, whether it be at Fastlane, whether it be at Survivor Series, whether it be at the Royal Rumble, I don't know. We'll talk about Gunther and Chad Gable, though. Because I am loving what they're doing, and it is easily the best thing on Monday Night Raw, by far and away. Monday Night Raw was a complete waste of time. Yet you got people in this chat, yet you got people online who are blind to the fact because they got their fucking rose-colored glasses on and they refuse to think outside the box and they follow the leader online, whoever that may be. They follow the positivity train. They're like fucking lemmings. They follow right off a fucking cliff, not giving a shit of where they're going. I don't do that. I don't give a shit what anybody else thinks. What I watched tonight was a half-assed fucking effort, which WWE knew they were going to get slaughtered by the fucking New York Jets-Bills game on ESPN. And it showed. You got 18 more weeks of this. Great. I can't wait for WWE to not give a fuck on Monday night instead of writing for their audience succumbing to Monday night football. Great job there. a $100 super chat from my boy 21 thank you brother thank you for your generosity hey JD I'm currently working right now and saw that Nia Jax return yet we get no Gargano not even a clue like what the fuck are we doing an absolute atrocious return I'm glad I missed tonight's Raw brother you don't need to watch Raw when you got me I will give it to you exactly how you need it, man. Thank you so much, 21. Hopefully, you got a great night of work ahead of you. And hopefully, I could take a couple of hours off of your shift and keep your mind at ease. Thank you so much, brother. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to get into this Monday Night Raw review. Tonight, sponsored by my great friends over at Manscaped's. Manscaped.com. Code script 20 at checkout. 20% off and free shipping. Make sure you guys go and check that out. As always, a great friend and a great sponsor is Manscaped. Manscaped.com, code script 20 at checkout. 20% off and free shipping. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys go check out all the other content on the channel, including today's OTS Extra, 20 minutes of your news for this fine Monday. We talked about Brian Danielson retiring. 
next year from pro wrestling. We talked about the superstar spectacle that was the mega show that WWE did in India, which led to Matt Riddle intoxicated at JFK Airport here in New York City. I give my thoughts on that ridiculous situation on today's Extra. Go and check that out. I will be live tomorrow with lucky number 13, my guy Andrew Baydala and myself. TNT, Tuesday Night Titans, where we will talk extensively about the WWE merger between Endeavor and WWE, where they will merge WWE and UFC. So... You're going to want to check out tomorrow's show. It's going to be a big one. As always, audience is growing on Tuesday night. Thank you guys for all the support there. I'm going to need you guys to go check out my second YouTube channel. I know it's pretty fucking dormant over there. I deleted all the content over there, man. I'm going to turn it into a mixed bag of shit, I think. I think that's what we're going to do. I think what we're going to do over there, because I'm getting into, uh, I'm getting big into the Pokemon card collecting. I think what we're going to do over there this week, man, we're going to have our first booster box unboxing. I just got a booster box of Pokemon Silver Tempest, 36 packs. We'll open up 36 packs. We'll have a good time. We'll have some drinks. We'll have fun with it. And I got the new set 151 coming. I got the whole slew of fucking products, man. I got booster boxes. I got fucking blister packs. I got booster bundles. Elite trainer boxes. We're going to open it all, man. So if you guys are into that type of shit, get a little side of the geeky JD, man, over there. That's what we're going to do over there. So I appreciate you guys very much for all that. Link should be down in the description below. Super Chats are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show in what we like to call Last Call. So get them on in. Become a channel member as well. Hit that join button down below. Great perks when you become a channel member. And hit that thumbs up. Try for 1,000 likes is the goal. Right here on OTS. It is absolutely possible because we got 2,700 people in here, man. So if you guys have not hit the thumbs up, I would really, really appreciate it. Monday Night Raw started off with Jay Uso. Main event, Jay Uso. Loving what they're doing with Jay Uso on Monday night, man. I think what they're doing with Jay Uso on Monday night is really, really working. I'm enjoying it greatly. He's just got a fresh coat of paint. He's got a new theme. He is someone that I didn't really think much of coming out of SummerSlam because I honestly thought the match with Roman Reigns was quite bad. I thought it was boring. I didn't really find myself invested like I thought I would be. They move him over to Monday Night Raw because of the rumors that WWE and the Usos, they want it. WWE's going to give it. That Jimmy and Jey Uso are on a collision course for a one-on-one match at WrestleMania 40 next year. You can't really tell that story or WWE doesn't have the resources to tell that story with them being on the same brand with eight months to go. So what did they do? 
They basically did the same thing that they did with Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. They moved both of them away from each other and put them on separate brands. Jay Uso, the cooler Uso, the more popular Uso, is looking like a megastar on Monday night. New theme. He's got this new thing that he does with the fans that when you get the wide camera shot and you see the entire audience doing it, it's fucking great, man. I got to admit, it's fucking awesome. It gets me, it gets me excited. And I quite enjoy Jay Uso, man. I wish I could say the same thing for Jimmy. His story is just developing on SmackDown. I hope that they can get him in the same way that they're getting Jay on Monday. So we'll see what happens there. But Jay Uso opens the show. Makes his way out to the ring. He says, it's great that he left the bloodline and it feels great to be on Monday Night Raw. All of a sudden, Kevin Owens comes out and interrupts. And he's in the ring with Jay Uso. No Sami Zayn tonight. No sign of Sami Zayn tonight. He interrupted to say that Jay Uso was now on the Kevin Owens show. Kevin said that he knows what, what Jay is going through and that it took him a while to gain the trust of people. He told Jay that there are a lot of people in the back that don't want Jay Uso in their locker room. So Owens reminded Jay that only Cody Rhodes and Sami Zayn welcomed him to Monday Night Raw. Sami welcomed him with open arms, and Cody Rhodes used all his political pull to try and get Jay Uso on Monday Night Raw. Kevin told Jay that he would have a lot to do to prove himself to not be the same piece of crap he was in the bloodline. The Judgment Day then all of a sudden comes out, and they claim that they respect... Jay Uso. Kevin Owens doesn't speak for the locker room, and he certainly doesn't speak for Judgment Day. Dominic Mysterio tried to speak, and in typical WWE fashion, they do the... Typical WWE looking like and sounding like they're raising the knob and lowering the knob. Raising the knob and lowering the knob on Dominic Mysterio. Oh, boy. JD, he gets legit here. He gets legit here, man. Sure he does. I'm sure he does. I'm sure that if you're there in Virginia tonight, you felt and heard Dominic getting booze. But what we hear on television is not what you are hearing being there live in the arena. What we get is a mix of legit and manufactured so that WWE has Dominic come off as the mega heel that he really is not yet. Just throwing that out there. Never said he's not getting legit heat. What I'm telling you is that most of it is manufactured. So... He tried to speak, and WWE has got this booing happening for Dominic. Priest told Kevin that they were scheduled to face in a tag team match, only for Owens to say that despite Sami Zayn not being there, he was still willing to fight. Jay offered to tag with Kevin Owens to earn his respect before superkicking Dominic. Jay and Kevin Owens beat the Judgment Day down, and we get a tag team match to open the show. Now, I quite like this. I think this is great stuff. I like that they started the show off with Jay Uso. 
Jay Uso is the biggest question mark on the show. Jay Uso has already been established as somebody that the locker room doesn't trust. Jay Uso out there being confronted by Kevin Owens, who probably is one of the main culprits in that locker room who doesn't trust him after what had happened with the bloodline and his best friend Sami Zayn, was a great start to the show. It piques the interest of the viewer. And my God, it's more interesting than anything that's happening with the bloodline on SmackDown or anything that's happening on SmackDown in general. Jay Uso cannot be trusted. What is he going to do to establish himself on Monday Night Raw away from the bloodline? What is he going to do so that everyone in that locker room trusts him and sees him as a new man? This is a great story. And starting off with Kevin Owens, after what had happened with the Usos, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, is a great start to Jay Uso's venture on Monday night. Tag team match. Same shit. Same shit with the Judgment Day, Kevin Owens, and a fill-in tag team partner of his choosing. This time it was Jay Uso. Non-title match. Judgment Day had control over Kevin Owens, who was selling his leg. And Jay Uso made a hot tag. He ran wild on Finn Balor. He hit a super kick. Balor got his knees up on an Uso splash. Owens tagged back in. He starts throwing some big bombs at Damian Priest. Hits a tornado DDT on Priest for a two count. Owens went up top, but Priest cut him off. Balor tagged in. Owens gave him an avalanche fisherman buster. Priest broke up the cover. Jay went for a super kick. Damian Priest moved out of the way, and Jay accidentally super kicked Kevin Owens. This was obviously the down point in the match. Priest knocked Jay out of the ring. Balor hit Owens with a coup de grace, and that was it for the one, two, three. So I like the fact that Jay Uso's out there wanting to be accepted. Nobody trusts him. Kevin Owens, a leader in that locker room, is relaying the message that nobody trusts him. Kevin Owens doesn't trust him. Reluctant to team with him, but he teamed with him anyway to give him a chance. And at the first match together, Jay Uso super kicks Kevin Owens, and Kevin Owens, right back to square one, doesn't trust Jay Uso. Even though we all know it was a mistake, they're going to play it off as if Kevin Owens thought it was not a mistake and that he meant to do it. All the while, Judgment Day is trying to enlist Jay Uso and bring Jay Uso into the Judgment Day. A lot of different moving parts here, man. I'm liking it. I'm liking it. So for all the geeks out there that tell me that I'm not positive about anything WWE related on Monday night, this is something I'm going to be positive about. I thought this was great stuff. The tag team match I could do without. The tag team match was nothing more than a background to tell the story between Jay Uso and Kevin Owens. I could do without that. I mean, we've seen it how, how many fucking weeks in a row? Now, seemingly every single fucking week, it's got Kevin Owens and Judgment Day with a ring around the rosy of tag team partners. It's the same fucking match. It's no different. Nothing more than a backdrop to Jay Uso super kicking Kevin Owens, and now he needs to gain KO's trust and everybody else's trust in the locker room. Jay tried reasoning with Owens who basically turned the back and walked away. Moving on. Raquel Rodriguez. She was shown warming up in the back, and she was approached by Natalia, who was giving her pointers on how to beat Rhea Ripley 
in the main events. I don't know why. If you're Raquel Rodriguez, you're taking advice from Natalia, who lost to Rhea Ripley not once, not twice, but three different fucking times. If there's anybody out there on the roster that doesn't have a fucking clue on how to beat Rhea Ripley, it's Natalia. So if I'm Raquel Rodriguez, it's going in one ear and out the other. Ridiculous. The Miz. He went one-on-one with Akira Tozawa. I see WWE is really trying hard to sway your interest away from the NFL game on Monday night. How do we do that, folks? The Miz versus Akira Tozawa. Miz wins in three minutes. He basically won with three skull-crushing finales. So basically, the only reason why this match happened, and I'm being really upfront with you guys, this match was a fucking non-factor in anything. The only reason why this match happened is that The Miz is so low on the totem pole that they needed him to beat someone because they conveniently put The Miz and LA Knight in a match on Friday night, which is a rematch from the pay-per-view a week ago. So we're getting the match again, and The Miz needed a win before he goes into Friday to lose to LA Knight again. It's basically the only reason why Miz versus uh, Akira Tozawa happened on Monday night. Who cares? It's not going to beat LA Knight, so who gives a shit? Backstage, Byron Saxon interviewed Raquel. (laughs) Rodriguez Gonzalez. He interviewed Raquel Rodriguez ahead of her title match. Raquel sounded like she just rehearsed this promo Five minutes ago, before Byron stood there on cue. Sounded very scripted, sounded very robotic. She put over how Ripley's dominance and brutality is a thing in the WWE Women's Division. But tonight, she would teach Rhea Ripley a lesson. Sure thing, honey. Raquel said that tonight, Ripley would get a taste of her own medicine. Can we try and sound less scripted? During these promos, it's basically her reading lines, regurgitating lines to Byron Saxon. If I could, if I could find a script about something, let me see. Let me let me read let me read the Sean Ross Sapp uh, report on Nia Jax again. This is how exactly Rhea Ripley sounded on Monday. Nia Jax made her return to WWE on Monday Night Raw. She attacked Raquel Rodriguez and Rhea Ripley. Fightful Select had noted on recent shows that we heard that she was headed back to the company and we're told that she's been signed for over a month and that the hiring freeze effectively was ended this summer. Does that sound natural to you? Did what I just read sound natural to you in any sense of the word? She's the first signing that was made since Vince McMahon forced his way back into the company that returned to the main roster on television. The Endeavor and WWE merger is happening this week, but we're told it's unrelated to her popping up on television. 
Do I sound natural there? That's exactly how Raquel Rodriguez sounded in this promo with Byron Saxton. Sounds like a fucking robot. Seriously. Jackie Redman. She interviewed Shayna Baszler about her win over Zoe Stark last week. Chelsea Green interrupted to ask Shayna Baszler to be her partner since Piper Niven is not clear to wrestle. Baszler declined the offer and challenged her to a match before walking away. Piper Niven appeared behind Green, took one of the women's tag team titles off of Chelsea Green, who was carrying both, claiming that she has now been medically cleared. The women's tag team championships are still a thing. They are still in existence, and I ask why. What are we doing with the tag team championships? You know, they can find room for Nia Jax on TV, but Isla Dawn and Alba Fire, I'd love to know where they are. You can find TV time for Nia Jax, but you can't find TV time for Casey Cottonzaro and Caden Carter. Great job there, Vince. For all the geeks, keep thinking Triple H is in charge. Ludwig Kaiser. He introduced Gunther as the longest reigning intercontinental champion in history. Gunther said that to the surprise of no one, the ring general has rewritten history and has become the longest and greatest reigning intercontinental champion. Gunther said that he elevated the title to heights never seen before. And then he claimed he had run out of competition. Chad Gable interrupted. Now, I love this setup with Imperium here. There was two white pillars, and you got Vinci and Kaiser standing on each side of Gunther, and he's standing on this black podium. Really, really, really great presentation for Gunther. Gable's out there. Put over their match from last week. He congratulated Gunther like the Olympian that he is. Gable said he saw in Gunther's face that no one has been close to beating him. And Gable talked about his daughter and his family sitting front row. And that when that match ended last week, he saw his daughter crying in the front row because of Gunther. He told Gunther that he had lit a fire in him and that he would beat him again for the Intercontinental title. Gable said that he doesn't know when, he doesn't know how, but he would beat him for the Intercontinental Championship, and he keeps pointing at the title. He keeps poking the title as it's draped over Gunther's shoulder. Gunther asked Gable if he wanted his family to see him get the biggest beating of his life. Now, while Gable was... Cutting this promo on Gunther and mentioning his daughter, Gunther stood there smirking and smiling, and he took great pleasure in making Gable's family emotionally distressed last week. Gunther is fucking incredible. If you don't already know that, Gunther is incredible. So he asked Gable if he wanted his family to see him get the biggest beating of his life again. Gunther put over Gable's performance, says he's a great athlete, before calling him a disgusting, 
person and a terrible father. Gable assaulted Guther only for Vinci and Kaiser to pretty much raise the numbers game. It was three on one. Otis ran down to make the save and sent Vinci and Kaiser out of the ring. Gunther shut Gable and Otis down with some big knife-edge chops. And Tommaso Ciampa ran down to make the save as he runs down with the steel chair in hand and chases off all of Imperium. I thought this was a great segment. The presentation of Gunther celebrating his reign as the longest-reigning intercontinental champion of all time. Great shit. Chad Gable coming out there, not letting this one go, involving his family, involving his daughter, wanting to do it now for his daughter after Gunther made his daughter cry. I love it. This little fire under Chad Gable that we have not seen before. No more thank yous. No more shushes. This is business. I love this. Alpha Academy for the first time in a while is serious. This is a serious situation. This is emotional. This is now regarding family. And this is Chad Gable wanting to set his sights on something and not stop until he gets the job done. And that is win the Intercontinental title and deliver Gunther his first loss legitimately by pinfall on the main roster. All it takes is for a father to see his daughter cry. That's it. It's great stuff. Now, when, where, and how? I don't know. If Gunther is the champion that we know he is, he's going to give Gun- he's going to give Gable an Intercontinental Championship match anyway. He's beat him three times in a row. What is he afraid of? Now, on one hand, that could happen. On the other hand, Gunther could be like the rest of us with logic. Well, I beat you. Get to the back of the line. You need to win and get back to me by showing me you've earned it. Is WWE going to go that route? I don't know. It's not really, if they go that route, it's not really the story. It's not really long enough to tell that story going into Fastlane. I mean, Fastlane's going to be here in what? Three weeks? Four weeks? Is that enough time to have Chad Gable get wins so that he can secure another match with Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship? I don't know. I don't know. I don't give a shit when it happens. I'm just glad that we're getting it. Now, if I'm booking this thing, I'm booking this thing. Gunther's holding this championship through September, through October, through November, through December, and all of January. Might as well just tack on five more months for that Intercontinental Championship title reign. I mean, what else is going on? You're going to put the title on Chad Gable at Fastlane, and then what? What is he going to do with the championship? Who is he going to defend the championship against? As far as I'm concerned, you might as well keep the championship on Gunther and have him walk into the Royal Rumble as the Intercontinental Champion. I've said this already before, weeks ago. Gunther should win the Intercontinental Championship, or the Royal Rumble, rather, as the Intercontinental Champion. That was one of the things that I mentioned WWE could do if we weren't getting another Chad Gable match. We could still have that happen. We could still have Gunther walk into the Royal Rumble as Intercontinental Champion, and we could have Gunther drop the Intercontinental Championship to Chad Gable at the Royal Rumble. That would be enough time for Chad Gable to get some wins under his belt and challenge Gunther for the IC title. So at that point, you would have Gunther lose the IC title in the first match of the evening at the Royal Rumble in 2024, 
and then have Gunther win the Royal Rumble. So he basically trades one for an opportunity at the World Championship. So you could still have Gunther win the Royal Rumble like I, propo- like I proposed weeks ago, but having him drop the IC title in January and win the Royal Rumble in the same night, I think that sounds like a sound plan and idea. But if Chad Gable gets his match at Fastlane with Gunther, where do we go? You might as well just keep Gunther as the Intercontinental Champion until that point and start the year fresh with Chad Gable as the Intercontinental Champion. How would you guys do it? How would you guys do it? I don't know. The reason why Tommaso Ciampa was thrown into this and the reason why Tommaso Ciampa came out there to back up Gable is because that is a perfect buffer between Gunther and Chad Gable. A couple of matches with Tommaso Ciampa and Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. Sounds like a great plan to me. Sounds like a nice foil there to me to get Gunther some added days on top of his title reign. I don't know. We'll see what happens, but this is by far and away the best thing on Monday Night Raw. I look forward to this every week. Xavier Woods. He was in the back. He spoke to Drew McIntyre about what he said about Kofi Kingston. Drew refused to give a proper answer only for Woods to suggest that Drew is jealous that Kofi won his world title in a full arena at WrestleMania in front of 82,000 people while Drew McIntyre did it inside an empty performance center. You know that has to sting. Drew told Woods that he didn't want to hurt him before they officially set up a match. Drew McIntyre and Xavier Woods, this match goes nine minutes. I'm also very interested to see what they do in regards to Drew McIntyre and his heel turn. Woods powerbombed McIntyre. He was on top of the top turnbuckle, and he hit a diving leg drop, followed with that, with a two count. McIntyre blocked the clothesline, hit consecutive overhead suplexes and a neck breaker. McIntyre went for the Claymore kick, but Woods intercepted with a super kick. He goes for the cover. He gets a two count. McIntyre tried a reverse Alabama slam. Woods countered into a victory roll, which was nicely done for a two count. Woods followed with a thrust kick. Senton, shining wizard, goes for a cover. Close two count. So they traded back and forth as Woods tried to set up for a rolling forearm. McIntyre, out of nowhere, hits a Claymore kick and gets the one, two, three on Xavier Woods. McIntyre walked up the ramp and he looked into the camera and you heard him say, Woods, it didn't have to be this way. Genuinely intrigued about how they're turning Drew McIntyre into a heel. Xavier Woods doesn't get enough credit, man. I thought this was a very good TV match. I think Xavier Woods, out of all the members of the New Day, especially the ones existing on TV right now, is probably the best in-ring athlete that the New Day has. I'd love to see Xavier Woods break out on his own like a Jey Uso did away from Jimmy and start chasing a singles championship, whether that's an IC title, whether that's a United States championship. Something along those lines. I think Xavier Woods deserves that. And he's good enough in the ring to have it come off very well. Very good match with McIntyre. McIntyre gets the win. Cody Rhodes. 
I was expecting this to give us, give us some information in regards to what happened with Jay Uso. Maybe divulge into what exactly is going to happen next. Cody Rhodes made his way out to the ring to talk about Jay Uso. He got in the ring. They did the, whoa! What do you guys want to talk about? And before anything was said, Dominic Mysterio and J.D. McDonough interrupt. Dominic said that Jay would join Judgment Day only for Cody to punch him. So he punched out Dominic. Cody nailed Dominic and J.D. McDonough with a couple of crossroads, and he stood tall in the ring. I don't know what we're doing with Cody Rhodes. Seems like we're in this awful waiting pattern with Cody Rhodes until WWE figures out what to do next with the eventual world champion here. Like, we all know Cody is going to get to Roman eventually. And I said this. This is why I've been preaching about Gunther winning the Royal Rumble. There is absolutely nobody that wants to see Cody Rhodes win a Royal Rumble for a second year in a row. I don't want it. You guys in the chat don't want it. We don't need it. It's awful. That's just terrible booking. It's terrible creative. Now, what WWE really should do and just let the cat out of the bag instead of fucking stalling and being lazy with it and procrastinating with it, just tell us that Cody Rhodes is going to SmackDown and that he's going to SmackDown for Jey Uso to come to Monday Night Raw That is the simplest way for us to get Cody and Roman on the same brand. And that's the best way creatively so that Cody doesn't have to win the Royal Rumble. That's all I care about. Cody can win the chamber. As long as Cody's on the same brand as Roman, he's basically a guaranteed shoe-in for the match against Roman at WrestleMania. But if he's on Raw, he's going to have to win the Royal Rumble. Nobody wants to see that. This was absolutely a waste of time. This was obviously something that was last minute changed because I felt like something was supposed to happen here and we got nothing. This was typically a Vince McMahon thing. Start a segment, advertise segment, goes nowhere, plans changed. They don't want to divulge too much into anything. Great. Shayna Baszler. She went one-on-one with Chelsea Green. I'm going to have to ask you guys in the nicest way possible. Who fucking cares? Shayna Baszler wins in two minutes. Keep telling me Vince McMahon is not in charge. Two minutes. After the match, Piper Niven assaulted Shayna Baszler only for Zoe Stark to make the save. Piper Niven retreated. This was before Shayna Baszler and Stark could attack her in the ring. Got a video package for Shinsuke Nakamura. He reminded Rollins of all the bad things that he's done to get where he is. What did you do, bro? You just turned heel four weeks ago. What exactly did you do? What bad things did you do 
You just turned heel. Nakamura called Rollins a manipulator, a deceiver, and a liar. Sounds like Vince McMahon. Is he describing Vince McMahon or is he describing Seth Rollins? Then he claimed that he would take the world title whenever he wants. Sure thing, guy. Sure thing. Nakamura will not win the world championship. Seth Rollins, he makes his way out to the ring to talk about Shinsuke Nakamura. He's wearing this feathery jacket, this green feathery jacket. He's got macho man-like sunglasses on that match the green feathery jacket. Obviously, the crowd did the, whoa, admitted to being all the things that Nakamura says he is. So he agrees that he's a manipulator, a deceiver, and a liar. Rollins also said that he's a father, a fighter, and a world heavyweight champion. Rollins said that being with the authority, what everyone wanted him to see was a messiah, and that didn't work. He said that the reason the fans love him is not because he is a good or bad guy, but because he is Seth freaking Rollins. Rollins said that it's thanks to the fans that he can be at peace with his past and proud of his future. Rollins says that he came out to fight despite what management says. Talked about Nakamura declining his offer for a title match last week, only for Rollins to claim that he wants a world title match tonight. Nakamura's music played, more sing-along on WWE slash American Idol. Nakamura's music played and no one showed up. Nakamura then appeared on the big screen assaulting Ricochet in the back, throwing him into a couple of production crates and telling Rollins that he would take his title, but not tonight because Rollins is not medically cleared. I don't know, man. It sounds like Nakamura is a fucking retard, if you ask me, because if Rollins wants to give you a championship match and he's not medically cleared, Nakamura is declining on beating up on someone who is injured, which makes it an easy win for Nakamura. That's the way that I see it. So Nakamura doesn't want to take the cheap way out and win the championship on an injured man, but he wants Rollins to get back to 100% so that he may get a match then. Doesn't sound very heel-like to me. Sounds like he's a... <laughs> Listen, man, I appreciate what they're doing with Nakamura, but this is such a short-term thing, it's not even funny. Where do they go from here? After he loses for a second time at Fastlane, where do they go with Nakamura? Do we get Damian Priest cashing in the briefcase and winning the championship? The only way that would salvage 
a Nakamura loss here, right? Finn Balor. He tried to speak with Jay Uso, and he offered him a spot in the Judgment Day. Finn told Jay that the doors to the Judgment Day are always open to him. This was after the Judgment Day did a favor for Paul Heyman on Friday Night SmackDown where they attacked AJ Styles, who seems to be feuding potentially with a returning Roman Reigns soon because they're going to need somebody for Roman Reigns, right? Unless we're getting faction warfare between the new Hurt Business, the OC, the Judgment Day. I don't know what's going on over there. Seems like fucking faction warfare over on SmackDown. Jey Uso's not joining Judgment Day. Jey Uso does not belong in Judgment Day. Jey Uso should be on his own. Alpha Academy and Tommaso Ciampa against Imperium. This was actually very fun. This went 14 minutes. Easily the best thing of the night, like I said. Anything Gable and Gunther related, this is great shit. And I'm glad that Tommaso Ciampa is now involved. Imperium worked over Gable. So clearly, Gable is eyeing the Intercontinental title still. Gunther chopped away at him. Gable broke free, tagged in Tommaso Ciampa with the hot tag, hit Vinci with some clotheslines, a big DDT for a two count. So we got a little bit of a distraction here. This allowed Vinci to clothesline Ciampa. Otis comes in. He makes the hot tag. He slammed Kaiser down in the corner, goes to the opposite corner, hits the caterpillar on Kaiser. Otis ran shoulder first into the ring post after the caterpillar. Gunther tagged back in. Gable tagged back in. Crowd went crazy. Gunther hit a German suplex on Gable. But Gable applied an ankle lock moments later. Vinci tagged himself in. Hit a flying crossbody to break up the ankle lock. Gable then hit chaos theory. But Gunther broke up the cover on Vinci. Kaiser need Gunther out of the ring. Kaiser took out Champa. Otis dropped Kaiser. Gunther took out Otis. Ring around the rosy here. Gable put Vinci in the ankle lock again. Gunther was about to break it up, but Champa cut him off and put him in the Gargano escape. I wonder if that's a bat signal that Gargano's on his way back. Vinci tapped out, and that was basically it for Chad Gable. So Chad Gable beats one of Gunther's henchmen. Not enough to get a championship match, but he's on the right track. This was great stuff. This was really great stuff. Really enjoying what they're doing with the IC title, what they're doing with Gable, what they're doing with Gunther. I can't wait for it. Iron Man match, submission match, whatever it is, put it on pay-per-view and let these guys go. Simple. Nakamura. He will go one-on-one with Ricochet, announced on the show tonight. One-on-one with Ricochet next week on Raw. As if we haven't seen that match five times already over the summer. Great. The NXT Women's Champion, Tiffany Stratton, is in Virginia on Raw. Tiffany Stratton is in Adam Pearce's office. 
And she's there with Becky Lynch. potential before calling out how she only focuses on fame. Stratton claimed that Lynch was trying to use her name because she is the greatest NXT women's champion of all time. Now, I'm really trying. I know there are a bunch of geeks out there that are going to enjoy NXT tomorrow night. Oh, man, Tiffany Stratton versus Becky Lynch, right? Where's the story? Or are we just booking NXT like Tony Khan books AEW? Yeah, let's just make whatever match sounds great and we'll put it on TV, man. The fans don't give a shit as long as they get great wrestling. Is that the NXT mentality now? What value? What value does it bring Tiffany Stratton In a match against Becky, is she going to beat Becky Lynch? You mean to tell me we're using Becky Lynch to put over Tiffany Stratton? I find that very difficult to believe. Or are we really going to take this Becky Lynch hasn't won the NXT championship ever and take it to the next level? Because WWE is that desperate for NXT to get some sort of rating on a Tuesday night. They gave Dominic Mysterio the North American championship. He's a Monday Night Raw superstar. Who's to say they don't give Becky Lynch the NXT Women's Championship? So basically, what WWE could realistically do tomorrow night is change it from NXT to not NXT. So we would have Becky Lynch and Dominic Mysterio holding two of the biggest championships on the brand. Nobody finds a problem with that. Tiffany Stratton shouldn't be losing to Becky Lynch. I don't even know why this match is taking place, number one, but Tiffany Stratton should not be losing to Becky Lynch at all. What's the story? Lynch put over Stratton and then called her out for only focusing on fame. Stratton claimed that Lynch was trying to use her name. The fuck does Becky Lynch need to use Tiffany Stratton's name for? Sounds like a lame, desperate way to get a match that doesn't need to happen to happen on Tuesday night. You know, I will say this. Chris Haley in the chat, they are going to do what Charlotte did in 2020. I will say this before moving on to the main event. This will really show what Becky Lynch is worth in WWE. Genuinely, I, I, I'm, 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 uh, let, me, let me hit the record button before I forget to. This, this is what, this match tomorrow night, or tonight, whenever you're watching this, this match between Becky Lynch and Tiffany Stratton, as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't need to happen. I think it's a waste of time. I don't think Tiffany Stratton should be taking a loss from Becky Lynch. But what this match will do, what this match will serve, 
is how valuable Becky Lynch is to the women's division. This will really cut Becky Lynch away from all those stereotypes. This will prove to everyone how Becky Lynch genuinely looks at and feels about the women's division in general in WWE. If she loses and puts over Tiffany Clean, she she cares about the division. If she wins the NXT championship, that means that Becky Lynch is just like and just as worse, if not worse, than Charlotte Flair. That's all I will say. I don't give a fuck what you're excited about. This NXT audience is clearly not my audience. It's a bunch of fucking woke millennials who don't give a fuck about anything. If you don't like it, go watch something else. You don't understand it. <laughs> Listen, bitch, I was around and NXT was around well before you decided to fucking pull up your pants and sit down to watch professional wrestling. You and your fucking first year blues over there. You fucking break. I will say that NXT 2.0 isn't as egregious as the old 2.0. Whatever the fuck they're calling it now. 3.0, the new era of NXT. But it's still not good television. Rhea Ripley, this is the main event for the WWE World Women's Championship. WWE clearly did not want to retain any of their audience as the end of the football game was going on into overtime. They clearly didn't give a shit about retaining any of the audience in the third hour because this was the main event. Rhea Ripley and Raquel Rodriguez for the World Women's Championship. This was a rematch from the pay-per-view a couple of weeks ago. Rodriguez. She comes out there. She dropped Rhea Ripley with a clothesline immediately. Power slammed Rhea Ripley for a two count. Ripley came back. Missile drop kick. Cannonball off the steel steps. Big running knee strike. And back in the ring, she goes for cover. Two count. Rodriguez then throws Ripley out of the ring and booted Rhea Ripley into the barricade. We got a commercial break. And Rodriguez drove Rhea Ripley into the barricade. And we come back from commercial break and Rhea Ripley's in control. We don't know what happened. We got no explanation from the commentary team about how Rhea Ripley regained control. You go into the barricade, you would think that Rodriguez would be in control coming back from the commercial break. No, 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 no. Rhea Ripley was in control. Ripley had Rodriguez in a leg lock. Rodriguez got out by slamming Ripley's head onto the mat. Ripley dropped Rodriguez face first onto the top turnbuckle. She wrapped her legs, did Ripley around Rodriguez's head, so Rodriguez stood up and dropped Ripley again face first onto the top turnbuckle. They exchanged strikes back and forth. They dropped each other at the same time with double big boots. We got a double down. They exchanged right hands until Ripley kicked her and hit a Northern Lights suplex with a bridge for two count. Rodriguez blocked a riptide attempt, hit snake eyes, a back body drop, and a big boot for two. Rodriguez went for the corkscrew elbow drop in the corner, but Ripley got her feet up and blocked the move. Ripley goes up top with Rodriguez down on the mat. Back first, she does the Eddie shimmy. She goes up top, hits a nice-looking frog splash for two count. Ripley then tried a cannonball off the apron, but Rodriguez caught her and drove her into the announce table. Rodriguez also powerbombed her onto the edge of the ring. Referee went to check on Rhea Ripley. 
All of a sudden, Nia Jax. Yes. Nia Jax. Showed up. In ring gear. And gave Rodriguez a Samoan drop on the outside. Referee did not notice. I don't know how you don't notice Nia Jax. Referee did not notice Nia Jax. And the referee, if he did, seemingly didn't give a shit to notice Nia Jax at all. He just let whatever happened on the outside happen. Rodriguez made it back to the ring. I I mean, it's just ridiculous. Ripley's in the ring. He's attending to Rhea Ripley. Who the fuck injured Rhea Ripley? Rodriguez injured Rhea Ripley by throwing her into the announce desk and powerbombing her on the apron. All of a sudden, Rodriguez is down on the outside, and the referee doesn't have the mindset to go check on Rodriguez. Who? What happened to Raquel Rodriguez? She she did this to Rhea, and now she's down on the outside. I wonder what happened there, man. (laughs) What are we watching? The producing of these matches is getting worse and worse. Rodriguez made it back into the ring after the Samoan drop by Nia Jax. Ripley gave her a riptide. One, two, three, and that was it. After the match, Rhea Ripley celebrated with the title. Seemed surprised. Surprise! To see Nia Jax there. Nia Jax headbutted Rhea Ripley. Jax also gave her a leg drop. And the dreaded Banzai drop in the corner. Ouch. The crowd booed, Nia Jax blew them kisses, and that's the way Monday Night Raw went off the air. Again, I ask, who asked for this? Who, who asked for this? I dare any one of you to come to me with an explanation or an excuse on how Nia Jax is going to aid and add to the WWE women's division on Monday night. Like I said in the beginning, this is like subtraction by addition. There's nothing but negative by adding Nia Jax to the Monday Night Raw women's division. I don't understand how we can't find TV time for Katana Chance... Caden Carter, Mia Yim, Indy Hartwell, Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, and whoever else that I'm missing from this women's division on Monday night. You can't find TV time for Johnny Gargano. You can't find TV time for Bronson fucking Reed. Can't find TV time for Dexter Loomis. But you can find TV time for Nia Jax. I, I'm, I'm sorry. Who asked for this? What are we doing here? Where is a good portion of the roster that don't find TV time? Nia Jax got more TV time tonight after being away for two years than Tegan Knox has seen in all of 2023. Yet I'm the bad guy. Yet I'm the one who hates women's wrestling. Yet I'm the one who's a sexist. Meanwhile, I'm the one, time and time and time and time again, 
who has stuck up for the division, wanting it to be booked better, wanting it, wanting it to be creatively better, wanting more talent to flourish on the division, coming up with ideas and creative to make the division better. No, but they felt that they needed to pick up the fucking phone, bring Nia Jax to Stanford, Connecticut, sit her down in Vince's office, and have her put pen to fucking paper to come back to the WWE. For what? For what? To break someone else's fucking nose? To give us subpar matches on top of the garbage that we're already subjected to on a weekly basis? No, but continue to sit there and think that the WWE is somehow miraculously going to get better and that Triple H is in charge. Triple H is not in charge. There's no fucking possible ungodly way you can spin this into Paul Levesque. Of all the people that Paul Levesque wanted to bring back, he brings back Nia Jax. He passed on Jay White. You passed on anybody else that was a free agent looming out there. Supposedly, they got the AOP, the Altars of Pain, signed to a contract. Where the fuck are they? They brought Carlito in. He's been signed since June. Where is he? I read that they can't come up with creative for fucking Carlito. But you found a spot for Nia Jax on Monday Night Raw within 45 seconds. Of the show ending. And I'm supposed to sit here and say, yeah, great job there, man. Great job, Vince. I can't wait to watch next week and watch what Nia Jax does. It is going to get worse before it gets better. The WWE is being sold to Endeavor tomorrow. I'm assuming we'll get the official statement as soon as the Wall Street bell Starts the day's trading. After that, Vince McMahon has free reign to do whatever he wants because he's allowed to by the hand of Ari Emanuel. Right now, Ari Emanuel is not in charge of WWE. We got a couple more hours to go before Vince McMahon gets the orders from his new boss. Right now, Vince McMahon can't do much of anything because Vince McMahon, if he showed up backstage in WWE, if he showed up doing something on WWE or something creatively for WWE, if he showed his power backstage, it would not be a good look for the company. Because we all know that people would complain and people would get the wind of what's going on. Come tomorrow, all of that shit goes out the window. Come tomorrow, Vince McMahon was appointed by Ari Emanuel to sit in the chair that he will occupy. Ari Emanuel would have never made the deal unless Vince McMahon was a part of the package. It was never about a sale of the company. Ever. The Saudis, Liberty Media, NBCU, Comcast, Warner, whoever else was in the run. Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, Fox, whoever else was in the running to buy this company. How many of them wanted a full outright fucking ownership of the company and nothing to do with Vince McMahon? More than 
90% of the people that bid on the company did not want Vince there and opted for Paul Levesque and Stephanie McMahon to run the company. Only the Saudis and Ari Emanuel would have given Vince McMahon free reign to do whatever he wants. Vince couldn't sell to the Saudis because that would be a terrible look for everybody involved. So he sold to the one person that he's known for over 20 years and sold to the one person that will give him the ultimate power that he, that he sought. He went out there and sought that power. And he was gifted that power from Ari Emanuel. It's going to get worse before it gets better. A lot worse before it gets better. Thank you guys for joining me on the show tonight. I really appreciate you hanging out with me this evening. We are going to go over the Super Chats in just a second, but I want to shout out my sponsor for tonight's show, man, Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Code SCRIPT20 at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. Guys, it's football season. It is football season, man, and the fall is upon us. I'm going to need you guys to be in the festive spirit, man. I don't know what you guys are doing, man. I've already had pumpkin muffins and pumpkin cold brews from Starbucks. Get with the program. It's my favorite time of year. Light a candle, get some pumpkin spice lattes, and make sure your balls look nice. With our sponsors for today's show, Manscaped. Nature may, may, nature may clear the leaves of their trees, but you'll need Manscaped's help to get you ready for that sweater weather. Get your pants, puppies, prepared for cuffing season with a trim as refreshing as a fall breeze by going to manscaped.com and using code SCRIPT20 for 20% off and free shipping. Guys, Manscaped is going to provide you with the Performance Package 4.0, man. Over 9 million men worldwide are using Manscaped, and they're using the Performance Package 4.0. The Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer with their advanced skin-safe technology reduces Nick's cuts, and it makes raking the leaves a lot less painful. You're also going to get the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray, so that your... Package is looking right for the fall season. Your little pumpkins are looking right for the fall season. You're going to cap it off with two free gifts, man. Manscaped boxers and a shed travel bag. I love the travel bag, man. It's my favorite part of the entire package. Bring in the fall the right way and get 20% off and free shipping with code SCRIPT20 at checkout. Manscaped.com. As the leaves fall, make sure you have it all with Manscaped. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. And make sure you guys go check out all the content on the channel. Plenty of it. Today's extra on Matt Riddle and everything else that you might have missed over the weekend. And I'll be live with my guy Andrew Baydala tomorrow at 8.30 p.m. Eastern for TNT Tuesday Night Titans. We will talk more extensively about the WWE merger with UFC tomorrow Nights. Let's get into these super chats, guys. We need 75 likes for a thousand, by the way. 75 likes. So I know there are 75 people in here that did not hit that thumbs up. Cameron.
Cameron Battle with a $4.99. How's your Pokemon collection looking, JD? Looking good, man. I'm about a few cards short of a master set for Obsidian Flames. I got my guy, a VIP here on OTS, my guy Vincent, who is sending me a bunch of full art illustration rares to round out my set. And he's a fucking beast, man. And then I'm going to start on Silver Tempest. I've already started on Silver Tempest, and I'm going to try and uh, get that. Uh, I opened up a couple of packs today. I actually pulled a Lugia uh, V from the packs that I opened today. So I got really lucky. And a Blaziken uh, full art. VMAX full art illustration rare. So uh, the Lugia, I think, is uh, PSA 10, I think, is going for like 25 bucks, maybe more than that. And the Blaziken, I think, is going for like 30 or something like that. So I made my money back on the packs, for sure. But it's going good, man. I'm enjoying it. Gives me peace. Brings me back to my childhood when I actually put cards in sleeves and gave a shit. Michelle with the $2 Super Chat. Imagine at the pay-per-view we get Dom McDonough versus Jay and Cody. I won't be surprised. Cameron Battle with a 199. End of an era. Sounds right, because we got a boring Raw. And also, what's your favorite or least favorite Vince McMahon book match? Anything with Omos. Tony Brown. 999 Super Chat. I don't like hearing this, Tony Brown. JD, I found out my son and his wife lost my grandson due February. I'm crushed. Tony, I'm sorry to hear that, brother. That is just awful, man. Everybody throw up the prayer emojis for my guy, Tony Brown, man. Tony Brown's here every single night. Beyond the script with the 499. What's up, JD? I didn't watch Raw after Judgment Day. Switch to the NFL. What a game ending in overtime. On to the best damn podcast in the IWC now. Thank you, Beyond the Script. Appreciate you, man. Tay-Tay with a 13 months in the venue. JD, I don't know what kind of crack WWE is smoking if they think Nia Jax is going to help the women's division. In fact, it makes it a whole lot worse. She brings zero value to the women's division. Reggie Smith with 23 months. 23 months, OTS fam. I knew Vince wasn't going to cut us loose that easy. JD Nijak returning is worse than Charlotte any day of the week in my eyes. I don't know, man. Worse than Charlotte? I don't know many things worse than Charlotte. Nia Jax may be up there for sure. Justin with the 13 months, 13 months and counting. I didn't even watch Raw. Did I miss much? No. He didn't miss anything. I was watching the Bills lose to the Jets in overtime. Rodgers may be out for the year. Bro, is Aaron Rodgers really out for the year? You got to be fucking kidding me, man. Is that what they're saying? Tribal Chief with two months. J.D., you think Vince won't have any sound creative? I'm hoping Triple H will run creative and trash 
the women's tag team title. Chelsea lost. OTS for life, pal. Vince is making his way back to creator, brother. It's just the way it's going to be. Could be a torn Achilles. Oh, my God, man. He's definitely out for the year if that's the case. Matt Eagle with a 499. So this is how Vince ends his ownership by injecting the women's division with a lethal dose of poison, pal. Man, that is awful. Bro, how do you go all preseason and then break your and then tear your Achilles in the first fucking game? MGM balling with a 22 months. Very glad I watched my Jets instead of Raw. Not only because of the W, but because you're here to cover and entertain. That's why you're the IWC chief. Thank you, Ballin. JP5150 looks to me that even after the Endeavor WWE merger was complete, we will still have to bear the possibility of Vince, Vince's dreaded creative booking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Latoya Woods with a $5 super chat. Hello, new subscriber. I really have been enjoying your shows. Tonight was nothing but crazy on Monday Night Raw. Uh, to me, it wasn't crazy, Latoya. To me, it was lazy. But I appreciate you being a new subscriber. Hopefully, you are indeed enjoying the show. Edward Liu with a $4.99. This Raw tonight made me feel like both you... JD, what did I just watch? And Jesse, I don't know why I come here. Thank God for Monday Night Football. Screw Vince McMahon. Thank you, Edward. Tay Tay with a 9.99. Vince sure as hell wanted to make a statement on his last Raw tonight, huh? He certainly did with Nia Jax coming back. The Rhea Ripley is fucking doomed. And so is the women's division on Monday night. Man, I don't want to say Rhea Ripley is doomed, but I, I listen. Rhea Ripley needed opponents. They got women on the roster to build up if they want, but they bring in Nia Jax. Whatever, man. King A-Train with 15 months. Nia Jax is back. Sean Ross Sapp apparently said she's been signed for over a month. Vince was the one who signed her when he came back. Of course he did. Yeah, but Triple H is running the, the, the show. Twenty-one, thank you for the one hundred bomb earlier in the stream, brother. Really appreciate your generosity, man. Matt Fugitive with five months. Five months down. I'll have my popcorn ready for the day after the sale finalizes as Titan Tower burns. Vince is Nero and WWE is Rome. Zero Clark, five months, wanted to see the Honky Tonk Man come out and have a showdown with Gunther. OTS all the way. Yeah, uh, that would have probably went right over the fan's head. I don't want to see Honky Tonk Man on current WWE television. 
Christy Wilson with a 199. Vince McMahon gave us, the fans, the finger. Yes, he did. He always does. That's his favorite national pastime. Doughboy Games with a five-month super chat, five-month membership. Is Vince finally gone? Please tell me he's gone. All love from the OTS family. No, he's not gone, brother. Vince is not gone. Vince is just getting started. Dr. Evil Genius for the 10 months. Glad to reach double-digit months of being a real supporter. In the gym hitting chest like you will tomorrow. Bro, I'm going to need you to take it easy on me tomorrow, man. I'm not I'm not 100% yet. But I will see you tomorrow. I should be good to go with chest, though. I'm going to need you to I'm going to need you to to ease me back into things, man. I don't need to be going fucking 1000 miles an hour into into tomorrow's workout. Mr. Premium, 2002 with 499. I'll be out raw next Monday where I bet the main event will be Kevin, Sammy, and Jay versus the Judgment Day. Any bets? Mr. Premium, maybe uh, you should be on the creative team, brother. It does not take any talent to be on the creative team is what you're telling me. Willie T with two mo- uh, two dollars. Not two months, two dollars. WWE needs to stop adding crowd noise for Dom. Yes, they do. Mike NY with a two dollar super chat. Raw four out of ten. Monday Night Football eight out of ten. Wallach Wow with a four ninety nine. Nia Jax returning is the icing on the cake of WWE being garbage. This human water balloon geek will kill the women's roster. Glad to see Champa OTS one hundred. Thank you, Wallach Wall. Dante. ND Gamers with a 99 cents. Thank you, Dante. Dr. Evil Genius with a 499. How can Gunther lose the IC title before entering the Royal Rumble and still look strong and win the Royal Rumble? He's Gunther. He can lose the IC title by tapping out and submitting to an ankle lock, going in the Royal Rumble at number one and winning the whole fucking thing. Sounds good to me. Steven Casson with a 499. JD Gretsch show as always. Just when you think the women's division couldn't get worse, it does. Looking forward to TNT. You and Drew have some great banter. Thank you, Steven. Dr. Eva Genius with two super chats, a 499 and 199. I agree that Jay should stay main event. However, if we're doing faction wars, I wouldn't mind seeing Judgment Day with Jay versus Bloodline down the road. I mean, that is potentially something that they could do, but they got four over there. And the bloodline only has three with Roman, Jimmy, and Solo. Ending a Monday Night Raw with Nia Jax's pure botch mania I mean, I don't know what we're doing here. I really don't know what the fuck we're doing here, honestly. But that's Vince McMahon for you. 21 for the 499. JD, when was the year you realized Vince was out of touch with creative and WWE as a whole? Bro, I felt that way for at least the last 15 years. Especially the last 10. 
And Will Chisholm with a $5 super chat. I only pray they put Kyrie on SmackDown. Supposedly, she's coming in, too. I don't know. But, guys, that's all I got for you. I appreciate all of your Super Chat support. I appreciate all of your support in general. For tonight, we get 2700 on Monday Night Raw. Appreciate you guys hanging out with me on this Monday night. We will be live tomorrow night in the OTS venue. My guy Andrew Bedala and myself, TNT episode number 13, right here on Off the Script. Dr. Evil Genius, don't worry, Jay. I work with plenty of clients coming back from illness, injury, hiatus, you're in safe hands. I know I am. I know I am. Anyway, guys, uh, I got to get out of here. As always, I'll have some extra for you, maybe tomorrow morning, man, before I hit the gym. Um, depending on what news, I'll keep you guys updated on social media in regards to the sale. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. We are 1,100 subscribers away from 150,000. 1,100, man. We're on our way. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. Hit that thumbs up. We just hit 1,000 likes. Thank you guys very much. And like I said, man, go check out all the other content, and I'll see you live tonight. It's Tuesday. Tuesday Night Titans, episode number 13. Myself and Andrew Baydala right here on Off the Script. I will see you guys later.